Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. Hashtag full squad. Kid Presentables here. Hey, hey. DJ Mark is here. Sup? And fresh off the gym where he just got so swole he barely fits in the fucking lens of his camera. Lavender Gooms is here. R.I.P. Takashi 6ix9ine's career. Real talk, I, I I see this dude in headlines, and I'm not entirely sure who he is, and we're like months into this thing. No, I just heard his name, and I don't know who he is yeah, at all. There we go. <laughs> he's but a man who's he going to be spending so. a lot of time in federal prison soon. No, well, so his social life is R.I.P. Okay, I'm learning a little bit about this person I never heard of. Well, no, I, I I do know that he uh, doesn't he have like child porn. That was his thing. Or was that his no, guy? Okay, I'm no. learning this guy's off fucking awful. Well, I guess yes. Technically, he did make child porn. He made uh, it. That- okay. <laughs> I thought he just had I thought he just possessed it. It's getting interesting. All right. Well, he was he was convicted in 2015 when he was an, as an 18-year-old for filming two people uh having sex with a 13-year-old and he was told to stay out of trouble, right? For like, you know, stay out of trouble for This the is already my least favorite podcast ever. But go ahead, Mike. Yes. <laughs> and he was able to strike a plea. And the judge told him, stay out of ye- out of trouble for two years or you're going to jail. And today he gets hit with a 17-count RICO charge with crimes dating back to 2013. Oh, his kid's fucked. All right. If, when, they, well, when, you, uh, when they use RICO on your ass, you've already lost. There's no coming back. <laughs> that means they got wanna, too much. <laughs> I want to help our audience a little bit because um, I, I typed in the name. Um, I've seen this guy before. I'm going to give him some context. For the uh, random pedophile that Mike just started to bring up, uh, he is one of the new generation of uh, mumble rappers who uh, no hip hop fans like, and they have tattoos all over their face. He's one of those guys. Mm, super colorful hair. Uh, I like that the number one question on Google related to him is what race is he? Because as I look at his photo, um, he is very ethnically ambiguous. This he would is be Puerto if, Rican and Mexican. If this was uh, a twenty nine questions. Mark would have a hard time identifying what this fellow was without looking in more depth. Um, yeah, mumble rapper who's got a sordid past. Let's move past this guy. All right, right on. It. Yes, I, you I know what? I an audience member yeah. that didn't know any of that, and I went from no knowledge his, to way more than I ever needed. His, his music's actually not that bad. So Good. That's so really that's the important thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be my takeaway <laughs> at all. You know, there's certain things, Mike, you don't need. You just point out. Oh, okay. You to tie it back into mate. MMA, uh, Mike I, Perry came out to one of his songs. You know what? I'm just sitting here wondering if we should start over. <laughs> That's no, Folks, this is good. Folks, this they're, they're going to hear the debate right now. Does anybody think we should start over? No, I think we're good. Raw and uncut. That's how we do All it. All right. <laughs> you knew Mike wanted to talk about this. You know what I wanted to talk about? Um, two days ago, well, okay, Saturday, November 17th, Marked the seven-year anniversary of the first ever post on It's I'm Amazing, um, which means this podcast, I mean, I don't know, we probably came up with it about a week or so before that, but we crossed seven years old, guys. Seven years old as a website, as It's I'm Amazing. Um, 
Yeah. And we used to record on Saturdays. You know that because every year, actually, Sundays. was there a leap year? Was on Sunday. We record oh, on Sunday because right, there was a leap year. No, no, no we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, no, no, we started the website on November seventeenth. We didn't rec- start recording no, until start doing... until five oh, months later. God. What a waste of time. Yeah, the podcast is. You, you guys, if you want to go back there, you can read like a th- really thorough. Each one of us wrote a lot predicting Jesus, UFC one thirty nine, um, which I mean. The MMA history. I'm just gonna throw it in here right now. Uh, this is also it's been seven years since, at the time, the greatest fight any of us have ever seen. Um, Shogun versus Hendo one, which we were lucky enough. Three of us were lucky enough to be in the arena for. Um, and the co-main event uh, was Kung Lee and Vanderlei. And I point out Kung Lee because Stefan, what happened when the co-main event was over? <laughs> I mean, buddy, you're talking about it wrong. You know, when Kung Lee is the fight, that's the only fight that matters. That's I, don't need to, I don't need to watch anything else if Kung Lee is there. That's all I got to see. Uh, you're in San Jose. The the Vietnamese crowd, only they're only there for one man. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter if Fedor loses his first match in his career or his, they, his first real loss. Was they're, that the out, they're out for two men always. It is Kung Lee and whoever the fuck the DJ is at the nightclub that night, because that is exactly what we're Honestly, my, 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 we've, nightclub. Well, I'm not sure we've had a chance to bring this up in a while, but like Kung Lee and like going to Kung Lee fight, we've done it twice. And my favorite, I think I've only done it twice. I'm sure Mark's done it way more, but you can look in the crowd and determine who's here just for Kung Lee because they're just dressed in club attire. Because they are leaving the second this is over to go to the club. Is it the club Kung Lee's going to be at? We don't even know. But they're here to watch the Vietnamese guy win, and then they're going to the fucking club in San Jose. That's what's happening that night. <laughs> God bless Kung Lee. I, a man who just padded his stats for years and years. I like the guy. I, I, just just, I loved when he was in obscurity, just rolling at people. Um, fighting rules with, like, he, he didn't he fight in, like, modified yeah. rules matches? Uh, really kickboxing style that you can also do takedowns yeah, and uh, uh, takedowns. Sen Shao? Sen Shao, it's yeah. called? <laughs> So he was like he was like the master of a sport no one played. <laughs> he was also in a was wasn't he in that movie the of uh, uh Riza uh directed? Uh the man with the iron fist, wasn't he in that? Probably. I don't really recall oh, to be yeah. honest. I remember he's like a wolf clan guy. Yes, so, he was. Yep, yep, yep. yep that yep. was it. Okay. <laughs> okay, reading back way too quickly. This was a, this was for we Mark's saw birthday. It on Mark's birthday, and that's how forgettable it was. Mark forgot we, we, we saw, saw two, lots of We saw movies. two movies on Mark's birthday. We saw we saw that movie and we saw Wreck and Ralph. And I remember thinking that's right. Wreck and Ralph is way better. Like it was, wasn't we, even saw, we saw a credible movie and we saw just for us guys. Yeah. Um yeah, if you guys haven't seen this fight, uh, seven years ago, Dan Henderson and Shogun, they had a fight. It went five rounds, and it was, I think, the second UFC non-title main event to go five rounds because famously, when the third round was over, uh, people started leaving, and then every, and then Mark and Stefan and I were just yelling at people, hey, there's two more rounds, and before the third round started, Herb Dean tried to say final round, and Dan Henderson just like put his fingers up saying there's two more after this man while he was already exhausted. If I remember the fight correctly, Marcus, I believe the first three rounds was Hendo emptying the clip on Shogun, and the last two was Dan Henderson lying on his back dead while Shogun tried to beat him up while he was also dead. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic fight, and like we mentioned before, Vanderlei and Kong, and then even on uh, over Bellator, that's when Chandler fought, was it Alvarez? Yeah, it was, fought somebody. Yeah, no, it was no, their no, first fight. I have a memory of that. I was just like, damn, there's fucking awesome fights popping off everywhere tonight. I remember cool. that. Stefan, I'm, I'm not sure why I remember this, but I remember we went, to, we drove to our, used to be our favorite place to eat late at night, Nations, 
People on the West Coast might recognize that place. Solid place at the time. And then um, I'm looking at my phone to see what happened at Bellator. And then Mark didn't want to know what happened because he was going to go back and watch it. And then when he went to use the bathroom, Stefan's like, I don't care, man. Tell me if Eddie Alvarez won. <laughs> I'm like, Eddie Alvarez did not win. <laughs> Eddie Alvarez did not win at all. <laughs> Can I chime in something which is a waste of our listeners' time? This whole it, first it, 10 minutes has been a waste of everybody's uh, time. <laughs> Bobby, uh, I feel a little hurt the way you just spoke about Nations. Something happened to you with Nations. Oh, you yeah. I, I know for a fact it's the one near you guys. Something went wrong and you don't like it no more. I still love Nations. The Nations yeah, the by Nations me is go fine. Out of business? No. The Nations okay. by me is fine, but something happened at yours and you guys are scarred. You're hurt now, Bobby. I'm not, I'm not going to question your sobriety when you eat at Nations, Stefan, but apparently across the board, they have changed their meat distributor, the, the, the meat guy, all right? Well, no one told San Leandro. <laughs> they're still doing it. They're still doing it good. All the other ones just want to buy that stack of patties from Costco, which are fine, just not as good as they used I to mean, be. You're just going to tell me I'm eating people now and some weird... <laughs> Willy Wonka scenario. I don't know. I guess. Okay, guys. Um, but yeah, that was seven years ago. Uh, the podcast is seven years old. We used to write big ass giant predictions articles until we realized we were all predicting the same thing and writing the same thing. So we figured we just do that in audio form. Um, and you know what? Bobby glossed over it, but that Kung Lee Vanderlei fight was pretty good. Oh shit! It was awesome. Um, did Vanderlei finish him? He broke his nose, right? I remember he broke Kung's I thought, nose. I thought he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, it was a clinch knee. Smashed. I do remember when we were walking out, I think I told Mark that'd be a sweet way for Vanderlei to retire. And you said, yeah, it would be. And that was seven years ago. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that tells you uh, what's going on there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the fights that happened this past weekend in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, a place I would love to visit, um, where Santiago Ponzinibbio uh, got to fight in front of his people. We're going to talk about a couple of fights from this card. I say a couple because I saw three. Um, I don't know if anybody else here saw more of them. I think I turned it on when I saw Cesar Ferreira looking jacked in the cage. That I remember. <laughs> so somewhere in the middle of the of that fight. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about that card. Uh, we're gonna talk about some Nick Diaz news, which uh, we'll see how much of news it really is. Um, did we are we did we talk about Floyd Mayweather Part Three in this saga, Marcus, or should we just ignore his ass at this point? exhibitions back on let's just wait until mid-december I, I, I like i like chael's theory that he's just gonna be announced as the loser and he's gonna be 50 and one when this fight's over he and lost I, the exhibition and honestly first. like i mean uh give it a lot i wouldn't be that surprised <laughs> put it out there um we're gonna talk a little bit about uh this card that's in china that's straight trash except for um the top two fights um Talk a little bit about old man fighting, which nobody here would pay for, despite the uh, Black Friday sale. Um, that's really it. The little 20 questions in the middle there, too. Um, let's get into it, though. Ponzinibbio and Neil Magny. Everybody here picked the same result. Marcus, did you watch the fight? I did. Uh, uh, I saw this in the Walker fight. Oh, well, okay. Let's talk about Santiago Ponzinibbio punching Neil Magny right in the eye and Neil Magny being fucked for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a really uh, good showcase, at least for me, to uh, watch uh, Santiago uh, perform in this fight. Um, but ultimately, a lot of my takeaways are kind of neg negative things that Magni wasn't able really to accomplish that um, Santiago just kind of capitalized on. And it was mostly, and I think we, we can all recognize, uh, Neil Magni still 
was not utilizing his reach effectively. And I think a lot of that had to do with him being more defensive, him taking kind of a wait-and-see approach on the offense. Because you saw it in rounds two and three where he was already behind. Obviously, the corner was saying, you need to get off first. You need to start utilizing your jab, take center, and you know don't let this guy back you up where you don't have a lot of options to move out of the way of strikes. And he would come out really aggressive in the first 30, 45 seconds. Then he would kind of slow down, and then uh, Santiago was able to get into a rhythm. And I think one of the one of the things I really wanted to rewatch this fight and break down was how Neil was poorly defending the late kicks, which ultimately ended to the big right. Uh, I think it was actually it was a left. It was a right hand that uh, took Magny down. And what I noticed was one obviously a tendency not to check the kick. Um, also, he was throwing jabs using trying to utilize his jab as a counter, which honestly just makes the low kick more effective because you're turning your hip the wrong way to counter with a check. So you're actually turning it into the soft meat of your calf or your thigh. So I think that just, you know, made the kicks impact even harder. Um, and then ultimately, I think one of the other big takeaways with this fight was obviously in the fourth round, Neil was getting dropped with just about any clean low kick that would land. And I think Herb Dean could have stopped the fight a lot earlier. I think he was giving Neil a lot of opportunities to have a miraculous come, come back from uh, behind knockout. But you also just have to look at it and be like, this guy's not going to be able to pull that off. And if he's able to, I have to protect him for his own good because the more likely scenario is this guy literally can't move around effectively anymore. So he's a standing punching bag for a effective killer on the other end there. And that's essentially what we got. I mean, I think, I don't know about you guys, Marcus. but I kind of saw this knockdown or a big hard finish coming because obviously he couldn't defend himself and Herb Dean's just waiting for uh, Santiago to give him an excuse to stop the fight, and he gave him a big one. when he Honestly, um, I was, at least Herb looked like he was, like, about to do something. I'm not sure how much that's worth. Um, honestly, Marcus, the last, like, three, four minutes, everybody was online was just like, all right, man, like, is the corner going to do good. something here? We're good. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't corner need. Corner two would have been. Uh, honestly, I didn't need to see him, Ric Flair, in the middle of the goddamn ring there and just, fair, you know, flop like that. I didn't need to see that. Yeah. That Good was call. unnecessary, um, really. And I, I'm, I'm not just saying that because everybody knows I'm a big Neil Magny fan. I mean, there's a spot I pick against him in this. But um, he didn't need that. He's a young guy. No, There's times, you know, sometimes we watch fights, and this is an egregious example of this, but there's fights sometimes where a guy's getting his ass kicked and it's round one, and, like, you think, like, oh, Jesus like he's fucked right now, yeah. and like and like like a, like what a bad start. like like why why are we uh like what are we doing here like this and this one just kept going and Neil and I I thought honestly Marcus I thought that like when his eye got compromised he was so worried about that that's what opened up the leg kicks and then like he didn't know at that point what the he still couldn't see right he was worried about a left hand and then the leg kicks are coming and I honestly was Ponzinibbio didn't impress me as much as I would have liked because. In the rare moments Magni was going forward, Ponzinibbio literally had nothing. Like, he had no idea. He looked confused almost about what to do when Magni was walking. Like, his, like, his, he didn't really defend so much going backwards. Like, it seemed like Ponzinibbio's entire move set, and I don't want to, like, I mean, actually, he's not Brazilian, but, like, this is a very common style, I feel, with Brazilian fighters, which is all offense and moving forward, you know? Like, the Diego Brandau style almost, where they don't know, like, they don't have an answer for going backwards, and in addition to that, their defense while going backwards isn't terribly great. And Ponzinibbio wants a title shot. And I'm sitting there like, I'm going to need you to beat somebody in the top five. Like, yeah, I, like, I think eh. you, you, you saw it in those early parts of the round where it was like, oh, Neil's being aggressive. He's going forward. He's 
he's winning these parts of the fight and then he would just let off the gas and it was just it, it's hard to watch a fighter who was like oh you have the game plan it's either you're, you're too injured because you took that hard punch and the low kicks to maintain that momentum or he just didn't feel like he was in the shape where he could sustain that type of output throughout you know five potential rounds and he was kind of limiting his gas tank but yeah, I, I think Santiago, he looked good in this fight, but he, he needs another win. And I think this was a good win for him. It was a solid, you know, finish for him in his uh, home country. But yeah, I think I think before we really get into to title fights, I think he needs at least one, probably two more top 10 guys. Especially at 170, man. I know he, like, he, said, he literally said today, he's like, the rankings make no sense. It's like, yeah, man. That's not the only problem here, but yeah, they make no sense. Stefan, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I just want to chime in because it's the only fight I saw off of this card. Um, in defense of the stoppage, um, I can see where you guys are coming from, but at the same time, I understand the argument to not stop it. Neil would crumble at any contact that of the kicks, but he was standing on it. He was throwing kicks, which means he could put weight on it. And I've also seen men get carried back to his their corners and a fight go on. It wasn't that bad. I think it was in danger of being stopped due to leg kicks. I w wouldn't have stopped it preemptively. He was still fighting with it. So I, um, I in think defense for of that. Yeah, I just think for me, it was like when he got dropped like the third time in the fourth round and Herb didn't stop it at that point. I was just like, Herb's just going to wait for him to get clobbered. Like we're waiting for a clobbering because it didn't seem like it. And, and I also agree with you. Uh, I think Bobby, it might have been you or Steph earlier on was just like, if he just would have used the low kick a little bit more, he probably could have stopped him with low kicks just by itself because he would he would kick him. And then he would get in the butt scoop position, the, the famous pride butt, butt scoop position. If you've seen some old Sakuraba fights, that's a great place to hammer some low kicks. Like the dude, I mean, you, you can kind of do like a front kick to kind of stop the, the round kicks coming to your legs. But it's a place where you can do a lot of damage on someone's, you know, uh, leg where they can't really check it. So it, it also just seemed like if he was just a little bit more aggressive with that, it might have gotten the stoppage. But what we ultimately got was, you know, Neil Magny, you know, getting, you know, brutally knocked out uh you know but herb dean gave him every chance and the corner didn't stop it neil still wanted to fight obviously um but it's just it's just sad to see it go that way we we obviously knew who the the winner of that fight was going to be earlier on in the fight we didn't really need to see him get demolished but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes mike um wait real quick if you didn't mind just because uh, i didn't hear either of you mention it yet uh one thing i also think that hindered uh santiago i think he should have won sooner but i could tell it was bothering him it was the incidental headbutt that uh, caused a pretty good gash. Yeah, that cut was eye. bad. Bad yeah. place. Um, the the, the, the cut man did work. I kind of tuned in right in the middle of that round, which was the middle of the second round. And I actually going into that round, I think sent. I think uh, Ponzinibbio was a little lucky it didn't get stopped. He was fortunate it wasn't gushing a lot because the spot looked really bad. It looked yeah, right above the that. Uh, that cut man did a good job, man. He managed to stuff it, and also Neil wasn't and hitting he knew him. it because when, at the start, uh, you probably don't remember the specific detail, but the start is. The coach was about to try to put ice and water on Ponzinibbio, and the cut man's like, "No, I need my space." Yeah, like, get the fuck out of here, man! Don't do anything. I'm the only one who does anything to him right now. This like, is this is why they're giving me two hundred dollars for this main event. Get the fuck out of the way, man! All right, um, Mike, um, Marcus pointed this out. Uh, I think Mark. I think Mark said. It, Mark said it when like I said I was excited for this fight, and Mark's like, "Yeah, that's only you." Um, Ponzinibbio, no one really knew him, and we know Neil Magny because, well, we just know Neil Magny. Uh, I'm not sure if you were able to see this, but, I mean, how much of a dent did this really do, like, in trying to get this man, getting Ponzinibbio a little bit more known with the fans? I wasn't able to see the fight as I spent Saturday hanging with our friend Salvatore, but, you know, I don't think it really 
did much when it came to name recognition with him. It's a it was a fight night card in Argentina. It really wasn't rep too much. And while he knocked out Neil Magny, apparently in dominating fashion, Neil Magny outside of I think the hardcore MMA circles, um, he's not very well known. Um, you ask a casual fan, no one knows who Neil Magny is. I mean, and, people people said this was his second main event for Ponzinibbio, and I honestly thought I had to like look this shit up. I'm like, what? When the fuck did that happen? Yeah, he took on Gunnar Nelson. I'm gonna guess on Fight Pass in Scotland. I'm gonna guess on Scot. <laughs> I'm gonna guess on Fight Pass. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's it's really hard to get a pop when it comes to popularity when, for the most part, people don't really know if you're fighting outside of people like us. Yeah. Um, co-main event. Um, I think I'm the only one who saw this. Um, Ricardo Lamas, Darren Elkins. Um, I was impressed with how Darren Elkins approached this fight because he knew he had to be aggressive because if you're not aggressive, Darren Elkins is going to be all over you like white on rice. So he was aggressive, but he was doing it very tactile, tac tactically, if that makes sense. So he wasn't wild with it. He was picking his shots, but being very aggressive. And he just slowly just broke Darren Elkins. And just like, it looked like it was just like, he was just burying him in, in like offense. And eventually, I think in the third round, um, yeah, third round towards the end, it was just too much for him. It really showed that Ricardo Lamas is still Ricardo Lamas. And he needed a victory because I believe, guys, he was like four or five or something. Like he'd lost a bunch of fights. He lost uh, two in a row. He lost, he got killed by Josh Emmett. Uh, and then uh, Mursad Bektik um, in a split. I mean, he really hadn't had a really good performance in quite some time, we're being honest with ourselves, and this was it. And he needed it because um, he's 36 years old, but there's still something left in the tank for Lamas. Um, um, Johnny Walker and Khalil Roundtree. Marcus, uh, Johnny Walker, he hit him with an elbow. We all fucking heard it land. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even more so than that, uh, you know, it's as we often talk about our worries in the light heavyweight division of a new generation needing to come in to kind of fill the void that the last one that's heading out is, is leaving. Johnny Walker could be one of those guys. I really wish I could see how old he was, but gentleman still doesn't have a fucking Wikipedia page. So I'm going to live in mystery for a little, you know, you think longer. at least they could at least have it go to the Johnny Walker, like liquor Wikipedia page for or now. Least, uh, have that confusion. Did you uh, mean according to sure dog? He's 26. Oh, oh shit, man. He must uh, be 12. This yeah, is 205. Bobby, you saw this too. He had a very light on his feet uh, stand-up style that that you know worked well against uh, Roundtree here, who also was interested in engaging. But uh, he had he had kind of like a karate stance. He was on the balls of his feet. He was often jumping into range, and then you know he would use those as feints to set up you know heavy punches and kicks. And I think he ultimately landed some good kicks on Roundtree as, as well as some punches. But it was ultimately getting in the tie clinch and uh, pushing him up, up against the cage, but using that tie clinch to deliver some really short, strong elbows that um, I think the second one he landed was behind the ear, crumpled uh, round tree. The referee tried to get in there as fast as he could, but uh, Johnny Walker still landed a couple more clean shots to really seal the deal. And uh, yeah, this is, again, you know, I'm glad that uh, this gentleman who still, like, not only did we not know who he was before the fight. I still don't really know much about him seeing it, and I don't have a Wikipedia page. That was a weird... Me. The post-fight interview got it was weirdly not getting anywhere. It. it was bad. Um, <laughs> Honestly, a lot of times, I don't... I don't yeah, he did not speak English. 
it's worth okay. mentioning. He, yeah, because he's Brazilian. Yeah. Say, but he looks great. Brazilian, there's got to be more to his name. His yeah. name is not I like it. And it's easy Brazilian. for me to pronounce, and that goes far. Um, I turned it on somewhere in the middle of Cesar Mutant doing that thing he does where he just exists in the UFC trading wins and losses. I mean, he's had a lot of UFC fights. Like, he was 4-2 and two when he got here. He is 13-7 and seven now. Um, he's not new Vitor. Um, Ian Heinisch had a pretty interesting story of going to jail and then being out of jail now. Um, the only other thing worth mentioning, honestly, besides I like seeing Chito Vera win always, makes me happy, but um, Cynthia Calvillo looked worse on the scale than anybody I've ever seen since I'm going to go Travis Luter. She looked that bad, uh, missed weight by two pounds, but it's all right, man. Give up 20%. Go out there and choke a girl in the first round. No problem. Is she? Are they eligible for the fight of the night bonuses when they uh, miss weight? I, I don't know their rules anymore, Mike, to any of this. But I thought they. I thought that, that, that used to be a rule. That used to be a rule. That used to be a rule. Or do they okay. just give up 20% of their 50 Gs? Um, honestly, uh, she's giving up 20% of her. Uh, she, didn't get a, she didn't get a bonus. I don't think they give bonuses to people who. I think just, that's fair. Yeah. If that's uh, not the rule, it should be. Um. I guess she had... I honestly, she shouldn't have fought when you looked that bad. I know she went out there, you know, and did the work to Pollyanna Botello here, and I know Cynthia Calvillo is really good, and we all know she's really good, and she's pretty young still um, in this game. Uh, she's only 31 years old, but, I mean, she got, like, no fight mileage. She's 7-1. and one. Um, I just... You can't look that bad, man. That, like, this, someone's gonna die. It's going to happen. And didn't this shit happen in like a small show in like Brazil, like some Brazil or some shit? Or didn't somebody have a terrible weight cut and die the next day? Is I'm not, I'm not making shit up. This happened like mm, a year I ago. I don't really recall. It was some sort of indie show. Possible. It's going to happen. Like, well, you know, it's going to like law of large numbers says it happens eventually. I also think it's a I think it's a lot more dangerous, actually, for the women because they're so tiny and a lot of them are trying to cut like for a woman who's trying to cut down to 115 or you know 125 cutting 15 pounds it is a that is proportionally and a lot more miss calvio did imply she was dealing with some uh female female trouble which um if it's i mean i don't want to ladies got her own problems going on but like that doesn't help with cutting weight like every fighters have talked oh, about that like, like bloating and stuff yeah that's not gonna help her cut weight mm -hmm. just saying um, she shouldn't have fought. I don't know. That's what I think. I mean, I don't know. Steph, what do you think? I mean, she won. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, Roxanne was saying. Respect it would have been. Yeah, Roxanne. <laughs> but, but, and then Roxanne was making Roxanne Montefiore was making the argument that like they shouldn't do fine uh, financial penalties. You should just start the fight like one uh, down a point. But then I'm thinking about Rumble Johnson versus Yoshida, Stefan. I mean, I don't know how many points you wanted to give Yoshida. How many points? You could spot How many points you want to give a man? Thirty points. What do you want? What do you want a man to do? like shit? Always tough, but at the end of the day, you know the the other person signs all the dotted line too, right? They have to want it to go forward and say what you want about the financial stakes and whether they have to. There's still a choice in the matter. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see that fight or the weigh-in. I actually saw it via JoJo's Instagram, and it was... I felt like it was supposed to be an advisory post, but it, it seemed real passive-aggressive. Yeah. But JoJo was mentioning the last time she missed weight was uh, coincidentally against Calvillo herself. 
or something. Eh. And um, she was saying the first time that uh, she missed like weight that like I think Cavio really put it on her, like really made her feel bad for it. So I think there was a little bit of a lashback, like she was on the other foot now. And then, uh-huh. but then, then she turned it down to like hell is really hard, but getting a proper nutritionist in your camp is really important because you're a professional and you think you can handle it. But if you want to be a professional, you need to have a professional, you know, how, keeping you on that track. How did Calvillo even like? How does she not have a nutritionist or something like that? I mean, she's an alpha male. I mean, I thought they would have man, weight cutting. It shit happens, and if she's dealing with health stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's like two parts of this. It's like, what's the penalty versus like, motherfucker looks that bad. Maybe we shouldn't fight. But I, I mean, know. yeah, I did see a snapshot of when like she had to go uh, full bear for the weigh-ins, and that was just a look of sadness on her face. Yeah, um, oh, that, that was a rough sight. She smoked that girl though. So um, I mean, she's they, talented, right? We know that about her as a fighter. She's on the verge of being next, but if she's gonna be champion, there are no way okay, I, this, I don't I don't mean this to mean mean, but like when you're in Team Alpha Male and you're in the UFC, you're like your worst case scenario is uh what's his name? Touchy feely. Which is still not bad. Like you're not a contender, but you you're gonna have a job. Like that's what I realized with Team Alpha. Like you one of you might get to be champion out of like a hundred of these people, but like you're gonna be pretty good if you're making it to UFC out of that gym. Speaking of touchy, yeah, speaking of touchy feely, he had a Hall of Fame tweet today where he said, "When you go to a girl's birthday party and you realize that you had sex with half of the room, and it gets real awkward." Touchy feely is living a different life than I am. I mean, like <laughs> we have very different experiences. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I think I do okay, and like I'm like, how many people really identify with that scenario? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, let's. <laughs> well, that said, shout out to technically one of our original members, Eddie, and his mom's greatest line about a certain girl. And saying, "What's wrong with all them? Do they only know one girl?" Great. That was my, that was Great. my mom. That was your mom about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was my mom. Yes. <laughs> I was a Hall of Fame singer. Um, so, hit us up on Twitter for context. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so this card happened. Um, Nick Diaz as I got, I was more excited for about this when like Nick Diaz is gonna. They're trying to get Nick Diaz to fight Jorge Masvidal, and Dana White says it's happening. And there's nothing signed yet. Nick hasn't signed anything. Ooh. And you know Dana likes to play that game where he just announces a fight and he thinks like public pressure is gonna get to the guy. Do you guys think Dana's dumb enough to think this shit works on Nick? Or do you think, like, he might think, like, he must think they actually have, like, this is going to happen. Like, he doesn't, that doesn't work. Like, he hasn't fought in four years, right, Steph? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, <laughs> pressure does not get to the Diaz brothers in any form. As we give credit to Nick and Nate, who do we get? What do we give credit Nate for more above all else? He's the only guy I've ever seen get in Conor McGregor's head. Mm-hmm. Like, you, they don't play by these rules, and they will, they will sit retired. <laughs> Like there's no problem. So yeah, that's when you when you kind of put it out there to us in our group chat, and then immediately followed up with there is no bout agreement. Then I'm like, okay, then why are we talking about it? Then like, I can honestly, I, I was feeling better about it. Million Diaz fights, you know. I was feeling better about it. Fight Dustin Poirier for a non-existent title, but like, there's nothing there. I was feeling better about it. Then Ariel was. I was listening to Ariel's show on the way in, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't sound so confident. And then he made it sound like I hope like because like he made a point that like Nick hates this. 
Nick appears to dislike fighting. Like Nick doesn't. I mean, Nick Nate doesn't look like he hates it. Nick looks like he's Nick's like he's fucking miserable for every moment that he's not in the cage. Like, why is he doing this? Um, so it's not. It's not that you're saying that he hates fighting. He just hates everything that's around the. Fight. I think he might hate fighting too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Marcus, one day when we when they uh, half announced this fight of Jorge versus Nick. And like you, like I mentioned to you, I'm like, this is the type of shit you want to go to. Like that matchup itself, though, on paper, you can't think of more fun than that, right, Marcus? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a really interesting matchup, mostly because when you think if you're gonna bring uh, Nick back, he's going against a champion or someone of the highest caliber. Um, I don't Jorge Masvidal's name doesn't really jump out to me as someone that they would match up to make a lot of money. If they want to make a fight that's going to be really fucking compelling and competitive and spirited, those are just two gangsters. Like I, I, I've talked about it in the past that I like fighters, fighters, guys that really do this sport because I, and I think you bring up a good point, Bobby. They love to fight, but I don't. Even, and I, I agree with you to the point that like I don't even know if Nick loves to do this. I just think he knows that this is what he's best at, and he can make money off of it. And that's why I, I feel like I, I do. I honestly agree with you that I don't think Nick likes fighting that much i think he just knows that he's really good at it and it's the best way for him to make the most money i do think uh nate likes it a little bit more um but but yeah this fight on paper is fucking awesome but but like steph and like you now and ariel it was just when you told me about it it was it was just you tell i never saw an article or anything so i was like okay i mean sounds fucking badass but when it comes to especially nick you know, you really gotta. See, I gotta see a poster or some shit to really start believing it. Honestly, he's also the like to get to to commit to this stuff because I don't think he likes it. He really needs the money to be a motivator. Nate doesn't. If Nate's name's on this shit, Nate's showing up. Like Nate will show up if he signed a bout agreement or something. Nick has not showed up before. Like remember, Nick was gonna fight. Um, who the fuck was it? Help me out. It was somebody in either like Elite XC or something. It was after. Oh, 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 he I was just even he, thinking like he yeah. just straight. He missed a fight. He missed, like, the whole thing. And then one time he missed the – he just stopped showing up to shit for the first time they were going to book him in GSP. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird card. We had and that's just, that one. I, I honestly think, like, he like, – like Mike said, it's not even that he really – I don't know if he likes fighting that much. He really doesn't like doing all the social uh, obligations that you have to do, the interviews and stuff. And it's because, you know, he has some, you know, antisocial – Mental he seems like, he's like social disorders. anxiety, like a yeah, motherfucker. social anxiety, which is, I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, have that, and and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people deal with that in varying degrees. I know I'm not like a very social person, so if I had it as bad as Nick, I assume has well, it. Like, the, yeah, I don't want to do any of that they stuff get, uh, in front of cameras and people talking questions, and especially he has a short fuse, right? And I think he has ADHD too, so like his attention spans kind of. There's a lot of things going on with with uh, Nick, and that's what makes him such a fascinating, fun fighter. Is that his his he I mean, socially he, is very awkward, and then he goes in the cage and he's fucking marvelous, and it's. Mayhem, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, to be clear, he's a legend, and he doesn't need this. Like he has nothing to prove at this point. Yeah, he's done everything. True. He wasn't a champion, but what he wanted him. Um, yeah, Mike, Mike, they uh, you paint the people paint the Diaz brothers with the same brush, and you know they fight very similar styles. But I mean, you've met them. Um, they're very different. And while Nick does have social anxiety, Nate just kind of seems like a normal dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember when we met them at the gun store, uh, my interaction with the Diaz brothers couldn't have been more different. I had a quick conversation with Nate where I congratulated him. Let's, let's, recreate this. You want to play Mark? You want to play yourself or I'll play Nate? You want to do that? <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Go ahead. I'll play myself. 
Okay. Hey, Nate, man. Big fan. Big fan. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yo, man, you really fucked up Marcus Davis. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> That's exactly what he fucking said. All right? I could, I almost lost it right there. He was he just right there. He said it like that. <laughs> like the attitude you or I would have if we whooped someone's ass. Like, oh, yeah, I did that shit. <laughs> and uh, my interaction and Drew's interaction, because Drew was the next guy after me with Nick, was this. He was just like. I don't know if he was just like heavily medicated or what, or he just really didn't want to be there. But um, he said like maybe two words. And the most words he told, he asked me and Drew were, how do you spell Drew? And then he asked me, how do you spell Sanchez? And in my head, I just thought, yo, bro, you Latino. How you don't know how to spell Sanchez? These are <laughs> good questions. Um, those of you who follow the uh, It's M Amazing Instagram account, all three of you, um, I'll put this picture up of uh, us with the Diaz brothers along with, uh, God bless him, Court McGee. Court McGee. And it done. He was in the back of the picture. It's like if he wasn't even in the picture, we wouldn't no, have for real. For, for real, Court McGee was photobombing. He, was, he wasn't even asked to be a part of that shot. He's got to walk into the shot. I mean, really, that's what it was, man. Um, you know, uh, if we're sharing some stories, uh, one of the conversations I had with Nate, and you're talking about Nick with his uh, social anxiety, I went to a Warriors game a few years back, and they had an MMA night, and they had a meet and greet basically with a bunch of fighters from AKA and uh, Caesar Gracie. This is like at the heyday, so you got your like Fitch, your Josh Koscheck, and as much of uh, as much of a dick as he played on camera, I've met Josh Koscheck twice, and he is one of the nicest, friendliest people I've ever met in MMA. Um, but Nate was there, and I said, "Yo, Nate, isn't Nick supposed to be here too?" And he's like, "Yeah, but he doesn't want to be. He's outside smoking." And I was just like, <laughs> "What do you mean he's outside?" He's like, "Oh, he's just chilling in our car." And I'm like, "So he just skipped the signing, stayed in the parking lot?" He's like, "Yeah, pretty much." And I was like, all right, it's all good. But um, yeah, like the throne made uh, our once old favorite brand, the throne royalty. They made this special warrior shirt um, for that night that I still have to this day. But um, yeah, Nick don't like to talk to people. He doesn't, he doesn't want to see his fans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I hope the fight happens. Um, and if they're trying to put it on that card, that card is the um, we also talk about this, too. Um, the alleged DC versus Brock card. Um I put, I, we haven't talked about this on the show. Let's talk about it real quick. Marcus, when um, people heard Roman, I've mentioned on the show, Roman Reigns got uh, leukemia, the second bout with leukemia, I mentioned to you that I thought that this might be a way where Vince panics, throws a lot of money at Brock, and we don't get Brock versus DC. And um, that's kind of what it sounds like might have happened. At least the first part where they threw the belt back on Brock. And Brock was working... Brock wrestled on Sunday, and he was not wrestling like a man who's about to go fight because we've seen that version of Brock before where he mails it in. Um, he really went for it, man, and he took a lot of stiff shots, and I'm sitting there watching it like, this guy really going to drop this belt soon? Like, is he really going to fight DC he, in March? I he really sold the fight against Daniel Bryan. I mean, he does. I mean, he respects Daniel Bryan, so, I mean, he's going to do that, but, like, Bryan was stomping him on the head and, like, left a shoe print on his face. Like, they work pretty stiff. And I'm just like, last time Brock was going to fight, he fought, like, Dean Ambrose and didn't want to get touched, it looked like. Like, he took no bumps. So, I don't know. I'm, I really hope this isn't how DC loses the fight. You know? Like, if they give me DC versus Jones 3 at heavyweight, I'm not going to complain too much. But 
I, I want to see DC get paid against Brock. Is that too much to ask, Marcus? Uh, well, I mean, there's always a lot of hurdles when it comes to Brock fighting in the UFC. If it's not just, you know, that he has another obligation that he gets paid a lot in, which is, you know, his work with the WWE, um, there's all the, the drug tests and stuff. So, you know, I think the fight with DC was always one that I, at least for myself, I hope that he would get. I think it's a big paycheck that he's earned. And I think it's an also a very intriguing matchup. But, I mean, I, and with, I guess, his last pro wrestling uh gig that he did uh two nights ago or last night actually uh, i mean if this is closer to fight i'm a little bit more worried because we're still what like six months out from when they might potentially fight so i think that's still enough time to recoup from this match that he just had and uh still be able to train potentially to do that but obviously if he's continuing to be very active in wwe and he's getting obligated for big events like wrestlemania or something then maybe yeah, that fight goes by the wayside. But I think at least for myself, I've mentally been preparing to not have that fight come to fruition uh, just because there's lots of talk about him potentially fighting John Jones, which I think is I, I want him to have the Brock fight. I think that's a he has a higher chance of being uh, victorious in that fight of finding success in that fight. I think him and John Jones, we've seen that fight twice. I don't think it has as much appeal personally, and I think it's a much diff it's a much more difficult fight for him to actually win. And I would hate to see Cormier um, achieve what he has so far and then end his career with another loss to Jones. I think that would just, it would really just kind of make everything that's happened in the past couple of years for him, him really setting that stuff aside, um, really bittersweet to have him be a double champion and, and be like the first guy to defend both belts and then to have his career end that way. So I, I really hope the fight, the Brock fight comes to uh, fruition, but I'm mentally preparing for it to fall through, uh, but I really do hope it, it, it does happen. Because I think it, I think it's it's more interesting. I think there's a better chance for him to win and have that kind of Cinderella story. Um, and I'm I'm and to see him and Jones fight a third time is just isn't as, as appealing. But it would I think if DC was to get that fight and was able to win, that's an even better story than him fighting Brock. I'm just worried that that's not the reality we live in. Whereas DC is going to be able to get one up on him being even older at a higher weight class. I mean, maybe, but well, who knows if you don't mind me chiming in a, no, no, unpopular, go ahead. an unpopular opinion. Um, I get where you're coming from in wanting the Brock fight. Cause it's a, it's our, it's a safe payday. That's what we think the Brock fight is. We think it is a safe payday, but Safer. that's I'm, I'm not interested in it. I don't see an Avenue to Brock winning at all. My unpopular opinion is I think Stipe deserves a rematch. I think your opinion is not unpopular. I think you're right. Before Cormier goes, we were calling Stipe the greatest heavyweight ever, and he doesn't get a chance to avenge the guy that took his belt. Champions, I mean, he's he's still great the greatest heavyweight ever. Great, greatest, great champions, they get their rematch. They get a chance to run it back, and that's what cements things. You know, it's whether the guy gets the comeback or Anderson Silva breaks his leg in a horrible way, and he's never the same again. Like... No, you're right. You're not right. You know what, man? We 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 talked about it uh, when when they were like talking about this shit because I think um, we talked about it right after the Brock did the whole incident after DC won the belt and Brock came in the cage where like Stipe's relationship with the UFC and this shouldn't dictate things, but like his relationship with the UFC and unwillingness to promote and the pay disputes all seemed like a way where like they were gonna fuck him out of getting a rematch. I mean, like shit, man. They didn't want to give one to Demetrius Johnson. What? You guys don't like those Modelo ads where it's just a day in the life of Steve Amiose? Dude, I can picture it. Stefan, they didn't want to give a rematch to D Demetrius Johnson. They didn't want his division, Bobby. They didn't, they didn't even want him to work for them anymore. 
They gave up the best pound for pound fighter or top two or three you want to go with right now or whatever. But they he, didn't like him so much that they, they have boring ass. <laughs> None of us knew that an MMA trade was a thing. That's <laughs> that's how bad they didn't want him. They're like, you know, this this like probable like fine print that no one's ever seen in the history of time. Let's enact it. Let let's let's pull this through. It was yeah, Jesus. Um, Just to put a cap on it, I agree. I think Stipe is the mama bear. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Baby Bear is Brock Lesnar. That's too easy of a fight. That's a big payday for Brock. Papa Bear, that is, you don't want to fuck with that. I think Stipe, he has a good chance of winning. I think it's still a tough fight, but we've seen him do it before, and I think that could end the career pretty nicely. I think that's a good compromise. I Honestly, I would be just, as a DC fan, so shattered to see him have to fight John Jones again at heavyweight. And oh. you just know it's going to be humiliating because the last two have not been good. And, then, and DC uh... gets crushed so... like. Not just physically, but mentally, to have him end his career that way, I would just—I would be upset. That would and really then, hurt me. You know, me. John Jones—he would fail the drug test again, and then when that happens, he'd still put out a trollish message to Yo DC. He'd be like, "Stay retired, pussy. It doesn't matter. You're retired. But it doesn't." Matter. He would—he would like fail for like having like too high a level of sleeping pills during the fight. Like I was halfway asleep beating you anyway. It would be something <laughs> embarrassing. It wouldn't be like steroids again. I—I di- I just want DC to go into that sunset. With a nice victory coming out. And I think Brock's the easiest way to get it. Stipe, I think he can do it, but it's tough. John Jones is just too much. I mean, let's just be happy, man. Let's let's have something nice, man. Let's just let's just get DC out of here. Clean. Clean. He can go he can go down to Florida, start calling SmackDown. Let's just get DC out of here, man. Mike- you, you guys are forgetting the real carrot on the string, and that is when DC has Gilroy High take home the state championship for wrestling. That's right. I mean, Mike, come on. Let's just get DC out of here. San Jose. Oh. It's where garlic comes from. It's the farm country outside of San Jose. Yes. A lot. It it just smells like garlic. All right. They host an (laughs) annual garlic festival. I do highly recommend. There's a lot of good food. You like garlic. Yeah. I, I would love to see DC fight Brock in his farewell fight, but you can't blame Brock for taking the boatloads of cash that Vince McMahon is To be clear, it's not gone yet. It's just, it's, he also, Brock. Look, here's a good indication. How cut and how jacked did Brock Lesnar look last night? He looks like he's he's smaller. If he's back on the juice, if he's back on the juice, there ain't no fight. I mean, he's still in the testing pool. So he's still in the testing pool. He's been in the testing pool since beginning of August, I think. Or whenever the fight, I was at this fight. I don't know when it happened. Middle of July, okay, around the middle of it was around Fourth of July. Um, he didn't look that big. Um, and I, Brock, honestly, it's weird to say this because Brock is uh, people, at least rest wrestling fans, think Brock is just this aloof guy, which he is a lot in that regard. But Brock wants Brock is a competitor, man, and he does this to compete. Dude has all the money in the world. And, like, he's got a wife and kid, and he still wants to go out there and fight for real because dude is still, like, the man who won an NCAA championship. Like, he's still that guy. Like, he wants to be the man still. And he may not – he may probably – maybe he recognizes he can't do it, but he still wants to go out there and prove he still can fight. So. if and Just with the factoid about Brock, which blew my mind because I found out late. It wasn't till his physical walkout that I found out. But it's what I love. Brock Lesnar is living the dream that many of us Americans now feel. That dude became a Canadian. That dude officially became a Canadian. I was just remember like, why are his shorts red and black? Like, what what is he representing? It's back when the UFC uniform had to be like tied to your country. I uh, I, I, I do have a feeling Brock just walks into like the national 
building or whatever. He just says, I'm Canadian now. And they're like, yes, sir. Well, I mean, the man. Passport. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, you're the, one of us now. He lives in like the remote territories of Canada. Like, oh, dude, about, he lives in. about Nick being antisocial. Brock doesn't really like people either. Yeah, Somebody um, Kelly the chew toy. Yeah, sorry. Whenever I speak, uh, Olympia is going nuts right now. So she's on the podcast. Um, there's a uh, Chris Jericho, uh, famous professional wrestler, talks about Brock, where he says, um, because he's like Brock lives in Saskatchewan in the middle of nowhere. He says, "I'm from Winnipeg. There's nothing in Winnipeg. We make fun of Saskatchewan. That's what. That's the place we make fun of for having nothing going on." He just. And like uh, Paul Heyman likes to uh, talks about how like if you want to call Brock, there's a certain like you got to schedule like this time of day Brock's gonna be by he's gonna drive up to where the phone is and Brock will be available at that time and like if you don't call him during that like twenty minute window that's you don't get to talk to Brock. Like, I don't know it's sadder now. Is it Brock waiting by a phone for a phone call for twenty minutes or Alistair Overeem wandering Home Depot after a loss? They're both pretty bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um. Okay, Mark, do you want to do 20 questions? I very much do. Um, the gents here are going to have 20 questions to guess of the fighter that I picked for this week. Um, they get 20 yes or no questions. They only get one chance to guess who the fighter is. If they are wrong, they lose. Um, you, so essentially, they have 19 questions, and the 20th question will have to be who the that, fighter is. That is, a, that, is some, that is some bullshit, I still think. but No, it's not at all. We should have 21 questions then. That's um, retarded. <laughs> um what was the were we right last week? Uh, you were wrong. I don't think the first so. Time that Bobby wasn't alone. Yeah, it was Dwayne. Yeah, I think as a group, full squad, uh, Dwayne Bang Lugwig eluded. And I think I have a, a decent one here, but I think this one's a little bit more doable. Well, well, let's we were get stu- started. Who are we stuck on last? I'm sorry. We, we, we were really it. lost on Bang Lugwig, yeah. and it was question 18, which finally started to turn the tides. <laughs> Was he blonde? Yes, yeah, was I, know, I think I think I, I think I had it down to like Dennis Holman and um, the guy. Uh, what's his name? The one in the hospital fight. Um, Riggs, who I've put out there, but then he was just too big. Yeah, okay. Riggs. Okay, it was, we okay, got okay, a new go. game this week. We can't live in the past. We're in the future. We're actually in the present. <laughs> Mark, Mark's Mark's implication <laughs> makes me think this is gonna take a while. Um, I'm uh, I'm looking up the uh, established rules for twenty question. I'm gonna get us that twentieth question. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, Steph- are they an active male UFC fighter? Uh, no. Which part do you think you got wrong, Stefan? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, are they an active UFC fighter? But Bobby, you're the one who always says that if they're not active, or like if they're not active, they're definitely a man because Mark only knows like one retired women's fighter. Okay, okay, so okay. It, they are not an active. UFC fighter. They're not. Did I ask him? Okay. The mic- See, I told you, and I, I was just implying it wasn't going to be a female fighter at that point. Well, okay. Well, now we don't even know if they're in the UFC or active or not. <laughs> this is not going well to start, right? They are not an active UFC fighter. Yeah, they're there could be an active belt. There could be an active Bellator fighter. It could be a well, lot of things. What are, the never, what are the two questions you guys have asked? They're not an active UFC fighter. So that's all that matters. That's all we're going with right now. Yeah. Go from here. You got Mike. that after two questions? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, they uh, need your help. Mike, ask a question. Yo, like I said, I'm trying to get us that I'm trying to get us that twentieth question. Well, we're here Mike, wasting the no, first Mike, two. Mike, Mike, Mike's playing the long game. You guys are fucking up the short game. And now Mike questions. wants to know if they've ever fought in Japan at any point in any organization. <laughs> 
Mark, Wait, was that a question? Really? <laughs> shit and you messed up the first question? Stefan, <laughs> no, ask a question. My question resolve Bobby's question. I think Bobby's question was a waste. <laughs> Fuck you! Ask Let's another get question. A new question. Let's get a third question in five minutes. Mark, Why does Stephon this go, go long? Because you don't ask fucking Stephon questions. Stefan, ask a question. Number three. Have they ever hold, held a recognizable title? Uh, no. That's where Mark loses us. <laughs> Champions are bust, baby. We like success stories, Mark. <laughs> Have they fought in the UFC post UFC 100? Uh, yes, they have. Okay. So that's at four. Mm-hmm. Making good progress. I like the questions are coming in quick. Do they fight above lightweight? Uh, yes. Do they fight? Actually, let me let me, let me rephrase that. Um, I'll say y- they have. That's a little okay. They have. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I'm, that... I'm, I'm wasting another question because I'm just gonna. So, are you saying in a yes or no format that the majority of their career has been at lightweight or lower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At lightweight or lower, majority of their career. So that's what they're known for. That's what okay. they're recognizable. Okay, and they fought, and they don't find the UFC anymore. And they had, they did fight though. Okay, they kind of had to post one hundred at that fucking weight class. Um, did this person compete in the WEC? Uh, I honestly have to check. How the fuck is that possible so. at that weight class? Uh, <laughs> no, they have not fought in the WEC. Uh, okay, <laughs> that really threw a wrench in my ideas. <laughs> fuck. I, I have a lean. Are they American? Uh, they are American. I've lost my lean. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if I was playing. I was expecting that to I, be no or hoping it would be no. I honestly thought like, the answer was going to be like, all right, it's like a featherweight, but he never made it to the U- made it to fucking WC. They went okay, straight to the me, UFC. I'll, I'll help you guys out because I think if you read into my answer, it, the guy fought at lightweight most of the time. Yeah. yeah because okay. so. Stefan said, did he fight higher? And I think I said yes. And then I was like, oh, wait. No, and I would have known instantly. So basically, this is a 155. Right? I think I'll, I'll give you guys that. Much. Uh, Mike, uh, while you're doing research, okay. can you look? Can you do research on what happens when the question asker is just fucking up the answers? Uh, the, 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 huh? Like, how do you do that? I, uh, I corrected and then basically question. gave you more. So don't fucking uh, complain. Um, all right, what are we at now? So the uh, guys, you guys are lightweight. At seven. To give you guys uh, an update after my extensive research for the last five minutes, I'm still not sure. Okay. So I think Good. that means that I'm right because if you couldn't find something to, to contradict it, I'll write it. I'll, I'll write a. Blo- I'll write. A, I'll create a blog and write a post just for this. Okay, so you're gonna make uh, some fake news. Great, awesome. I mean, okay. Um, Mike, you want a question? Opinion. I think Mark. All right. Was so um, I'm not exactly sure what you guys have asked, but I think. Uh, oh, good. Just, <laughs> Mike, Mike, before you do it, we we got an American lightweight. After seven questions. <laughs> That's not that bad, man. And he fought in UFC uh, after UFC 100. He has he was never in the WEC, right, never in the yeah, WEC, never a champion. Yeah, never champion. Asked if this is a dude. Yes. Yeah. There, to my knowledge, there's not a women's 155. And and they said he isn't active, right? He in the UFC, he's not, not active. active. Yeah, he's that's right. But they fought in the UFC post 100. Uh, have you asked if they fight in Bellator yet? Does there's yeah. like four Bellator lightweights? Well, I mean, that'll really narrow that shit down, no? <laughs> but none well, of them fought in the UFC. That's not correct. Which one's fought in the UFC besides Bendo? And he won a championship. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, you're the champion. No, it's obviously not him. So. Yeah, so he's, he's not <laughs> a champion. Cross him off your list. Right. I don't even like. There's not that many. I can't even think of that many. Like, I mean, okay, yeah. Right. We, uh, do they fight in one? Uh, one of C. Yeah, I mean, uh, is there another one? Well, no, but you just said one, so I was like, one what? <laughs> one division? One? Uh, uh, no, they do not fight for one FC. Mike, would you like? Could you please name a lightweight that isn't Eddie Alvarez that fights for one FC? Hey man, I was leaving that shit up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I can't talk, Mike. He asked the question. That's why I'm all about this game. Um, my, uh, Marcus, ha- yep. uh, has he ever competed for a UFC championship? Uh, no, he has never competed for. Okay, a he wasn't UFC even good. Fuck. All right. Mark stopped picking guys who fought Mark for belts because he knows the Thanksgiving spirit. Yeah, Ma- Mark, Mark stopped picking guys that he like like fought for belts because he knows that's how I remember shit. <laughs> Stefan, you got a question? That's not untrue. <laughs> yeah, there, I know. We established he did fight in the UFC post 100. Was that your yeah? Yes. But he was a bum. He didn't fight for any but belts. He was a, a mid carter, and he's an American. Hmm. There's so many fuck. Dude, this one just wake up. I really don't have a thread. There, there, so there's 70, there's 70 people in this weight class. Is he right. white? He is white. What up? <laughs> <We're>, what, <laughs> are we at, like, what are we at? What are we at? We're at 10. Halfway there. Was this person ever a competitor on the Ultimate Fighter? They were a competitor on the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, uh, guys, that's how you do fucking work, <laughs> all right? That's how you do fucking work. Um, all right. Lightweight seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Uh, Joe Lazan is still active, isn't he? Okay. <laughs> and he's in the UFC, so not yeah, that he's, he's still active in the UFC. we got to find another way to narrow this down. Did he... Uh, what question are we on? Uh, you're on 11. Yo, screw it. You guys wasted a whole bunch of questions. There we go. <laughs> was he... Was he on season five of the Ultimate Fighter? He was not on season five of the Ultimate Fighter. We can he play was, this game too. <laughs> he was not. He was not. <laughs> okay, what other seasons were fucking lightweight? <laughs> God, there's so many seasons of the Ultimate. There's a Fighter. one with uh, the one was it wasn't the one that uh, Ferguson won lightweight, or that was 170 and 155 because Michael Johnson was on there. That one. What season that is was, that? That was the GSP. Um, was he on the GSP season of tough? Uh, the GSP no. Koshchak one. He was not on the right. GSP Koshchak. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, there's the one that Efren Escudero won. I don't know. Oh, is um, was he on the season coached by Frank Mir and Big Nog? Uh, he was not on that season. What the fuck? <laughs> is that, <laughs> is, is, this is our, this is our only go-to. All right, um, let's just start going through the tough seasons. So, okay, the first one was middleweight and heavyweight. The second one was. There's the okay. I I remember lightweight champions who won the show. There was the UK versus US one that Pearson won. There was the uh, one that Michael Chiesa won. That was the that was live a, season, I think. Yes, yeah, yes, it was. was. Was that was the Faber wait, and wait? Could it, could it, and, wait, could it be Michael Chiesa? No, he's active. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. I think it could be the okay. Marcus, is, the what, more recent you go, they should be active. Marcus, was he on the uh, UK one? The, uh, Bendo, the Bendo and uh, I mean the Hendo and Bisping one? No. Stefan asked the other fucking one. My God. Uh, was he on the live season with Chicken Faber? dinner. You got it. You got All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. How many questions do we got? What do we got left? Jesus. All right. So let's start breaking down no, who we know 16. was on the show. This is who we know was on that show. Ally Quinta, active. 
Yeah. Mike, Michael Chiesa, active. Oh, wait. I know who it is. Um, has this person fought in this person fight in Ryzen, Mark? <laughs> yes, they have. Hey, oh, guys, the answer uh, is... Go Dan, ahead, Mike. Is it, is it, well, I'm not asking you, Mark. I'm asking... Uh, That's who I think it is. Go ahead. That's who I think it is. Stefan, do you think it's that person? The Detroit superstar? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember who was else on that season. Vic? There's, uh, oh, that's the season that had uh, the one Sam's you always Vic call Mark's, Mark's favorite fighter, Sam Cecilia. They did have Sam Cecilia. He'll <laughs> 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 be fighting for Horizon 2. Uh, okay, it's, uh, Mark, is it Darren Crookshank? <laughs> yes, it's Darren Crookshank. All right, guys, just want to point out, if I didn't ask that tough question, we'd all still be sitting here with our thumbs up our asses. <laughs> no, I, I do know there's a couple things I try to navigate. and I, It used to be, if they're a champion, you guys are going to get it way too quick, and now it's become if they've been on the ultimate fighter there is as a competitor or a coach there's a good chance you guys will get it bang was able to elude you dude honestly like uh, uh marcus like i was just sitting there like there are so there's like 70 lightweights right now there's no way we're gonna get this unless we just start throwing shit like this thank god for that one because i think that live season might with the exception of a couple of the women's seasons which i caught in there just because it was something different um like the uh one where um I'm blanking on her name, but she won the title that got. Oh, Nico Montano got stripped. Uh, yeah. I think that live season one might have been one of the last seasons I watched. So that was I that was one that was before uh, Dominic Cruz got good as shit talk. That was when Dominic Cruz and Faber well, were like kept watching him. Like I feel like they're friends. Like yeah, their shit talking is so poor that I actually think they're buddies. Well, like when Faber retired and he went on the MMA hour, Cruz called in and they were all acting like they were half shit. They shit talked the way we shit talk. Like that's what the way they shit talk to each other. Um, all right, we got to go faster here. Bob, you want to say anything about the great Darren Crookshank, Marcus? Uh, he's still doing his thing over at uh, Ryzen. And he's, he has he's a great it. stash. Great mustache. <laughs> he, does have a, he, he also great mustache. A mustache over there. I uh, know, but no, he's still he's still getting it done over there. And uh, like I mentioned before, I really like the Ryzen product. It's very much a heyday of the, the old pride days. And, you know, uh, Darren fits right in there. You know, dude loves to soccer kick, knees on the ground. This, the, all those things just work to his uh, his skill set. So yeah, he's still doing his thing. So you know, keep an ear out for uh, uh, Darren Crookshank and uh, try to catch his next Ryzen fighter. Catch up on his old Ryzen fights because they're a lot of fun to watch. You know what I like? Uh, I believe I saw him fight live when I was in you, Japan. You also oh, nice. saw Nasaka. You also saw Nasakawa fight. And don't remember what happened there. Nope. You know what I like <laughs> about Darren Crookshank? He's one of those old school type of guy, martial arts guys where his fighting style is like Crookshank Taekwondo. I like that his family's got a gym and he represents his gym like a uh, style. You know, like that's how I used to be in the day. You gotta be gym versus gym. So um, respect to that dude. The was it Detroit superstar? Is that? Is You're right. You I actually checked that too. I was like, was that his fucking name? Oh, it is. Good, good job, Stefan. You pulled that one out of your ass. A good hey, I'm not even that it's a good nickname, but it was it was memorable, memorable. enough for me to know who to attach to. Um, let's make these let's make these picks real quickly and do stuff we like because I'm about to go on like a 10 minute pro wrestling rant at the end. So let's uh let's make these picks. Um uh, Mike, uh please track the picks here. Um, I got them. All right, folks, we're gonna pick two fights from this garbage China card. Um and then uh yeah, that's why it's, that that's definitely where the rest of this podcast was without yeah. any without any questionable content. Then this is where we went up the well. The curtain jerker for this China card, the guy has the same name twice. That's what this I said. A, Louis Smoka yeah. is fighting a guy who is named twice. Remember that's when Louis Smoka was a thing? Pepper's Farm. It's literally place. he's literally finding a guy who's him to the same power. Um 
All right. Um, Curtis Blades and Francis Ngannou are going to run it back. They're going to do it again, brother. Um, they fought. Uh, shit. How long ago was this? Uh, um, I gotta say it was about two and a half years ago, maybe. Yeah, it was. Uh, not. It wasn't even that long ago. He was fought him. Yeah, April two thousand sixteen. Um, Ngannou won by doctor stoppage after the second round was over. Um, kind of in retrospect, you kind of learned that fucking Curtis Blades, man, is a bad motherfucker. Like he's tough to put away. Um, since that time, look, Francis Ngannou went out there and had his confidence sapped. Um by Steve Miocic and then the Derek Lewis fight. Uh Curtis Blades a favorite, minus two hundred. That's a big favorite. Um, honestly, for a fight. The guy lost the first one from getting his face cut up. Um, I really thought I was gonna go here and pick Curtis Blades and be the only one, but I'm looking at it and I I think I, I might be most of us. I got Curtis Blades. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually on the same boat with you, it, it, and it has to all do with Francis Nagano. Um, it's just I, I can't really be confident in him until he's confident in himself again, like he used to be. He used to be so dangerous, Bobby. And what we saw in that Derek Lewis fight was just um, a real hard reality check, right? This was the first fight coming back off a loss. How is he going to react to that? And he did not react well. He was very uh, trigger shy. And I think if he is that same way with Curtis um, Blades, uh, he's going to be able to take him down. And we could see what he did against Overeem. You know, he could. This be is a nightmare matchup, Marcus. Right? This is a nightmare matchup for well, it, it's on paper. Tough. I mean, it, it, yeah, uh, uh, skill wise, it could be difficult for Francis. But I also think if if you know if Francis shows what he used to back in the day, it could be a really short night for Curtis too. You know, I, I don't want to sleep on Ugano here, but. Um, he just seems kind of shot. I, I really hope we, we see that that killer that we got before, but I just don't know if it's in him anymore. Mike, who'd you got in this one? I will not lose faith in Francis Ngannou yet. Ooh, yes, like Stipe took his soul. Yes, he looked like complete dog shit against the Black Beast. But damn it, he is still young enough that you got to have faith that he will find the mojo again. If you Steph got picks blades, are you going to give us like a Honus call when uh, Nugano knocks him out? <laughs> um. By the way, yes. Stefan, you realize yes, Mike was. Mike makes his picks the way my my little brother makes his picks, right? Yeah, I mean, probably oh, to this day, like I said, Mark and I probably invented the perfect transcript of you and your brother when you guys went to that car uh, and you bet on that fight. Uh, Nikki, I, I picture it right now. He sees one chiseled marble <laughs> statue of a man on one side and then he sees this other heavy set dude on the other and he's like you bet on that dude you bet on that mm. dude to beat that guy bobby <laughs> you run a fucking podcast about this sport and you pick that dude over that dude that is exactly what you're you you, you guys you nailed it word for word I, I literally bet on both sides of the fight and we still lost like i bet on <laughs> you bet i bet i bet Derek lewis by knockout or francis Ngannou, and then we Derek Lewis, my decision, didn't even cross my mind, and Nikki ripped me for the whole fight. <laughs> I know. Did, did, did he then t say he'll he'll take over the podcast? He'll run it now? Like, you're done? You're out? The, the only one who didn't make any money on that fucking thing was Nikki betting on Daniel Cormier. That was the only one, only fight that uh, picked that landed when he took out Stipe. Um, uh, Stefan, you going to join us here? Ah, this fight's fucking tough. Um, it's really, really tough because what... Why Francis beat him the first time and what would made Francis good was he was a, he's a great counterpuncher. It's why he lost to Stipe is he became the heat-seeking missile where he b bought into his own hype. And one reason he was trigger shy against 
Black Beast is because Black Beast was trigger shy. No one was throwing in that fight. And Nagano got so scared of initiating, but I, I thought he still wanted to counter. But that's why he beat Blades. Blades is very fucking aggressive. Like, and Blades can eat a shot. Blades lost by TKO, but he was, wasn't he still on his feet? Yeah, he like, just got cut. I think it was cut. Yeah, yeah. Like, he just got cut, so man. He's got like, hit. And we've seen that dude can take a shot. So I am so nervous about this. I would have taken uh, Francis if Mike hadn't taken him. I would have felt the need to stand alone on that island. If Mike wants to make up ground with that call, I'll allow him to have it. I thought so. Well, I mean, the other, op- the other option is I make up ground with the other side of it. So I, it's I one thought, way or the other. I, I thought, no, I just thought someone should take Francis. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't think it should be a sweep. Uh, I honestly didn't think he was going to be the underdog. But uh, it's it's I see the avenue to win because Curtis Blades is kind of the right style that made Francis look good. He ha- has good enough. He, if you're aggressive, he will counter the shit out of you. Like he will reach from his hip pocket and un- uppercut you to hell. Um, but, you know, he, he can't lead. He, he needs to still figure out that aspect. So in that regard, I, I, I could see it playing out very much the same. But to what Mark said. Man, I have never seen someone look so mentally broken coming off of a loss. Like that he was didn't, he didn't throw punches, and then the camp and there are all these people throwing each other under the bus. So it was just an ugly camp situation. I don't know what his camp situation is now. This is a very long-winded way of saying I'm taking the two to one favorite. Um, well, Marcus, who's, who's the favorite then? Blades, Blades. Oh, I'm gonna make up some ground tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up some ground Saturday. <laughs> Um, Marcus, uh, they're having Alistair Overeem fight some kid. Um, actually, I don't know how old he is, but I know I went on his sure dog page and it says age not available. He he's a, unknown. He is from uh, he, unknown. My man looks real Drago-ish. Like that's a big dude though. Um, Marcus, they got Overeem who's 47 and 13 taking on a 12 and 0 guy with nine knockouts and three decisions. Um, he's from Russia and they're fighting in China. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish with this fight. I can't get a read of whether they're trying to set Overeem up or not. What do you think? Bobby, I'm terrified. <laughs> you think they're setting No, I mean, I, I'm picking Overeem because I, I really don't know much about his opponent. But, I mean, at this point, we've seen Overeem fight so much. I've, you know, talked about him at end agnosium. We know this guy can get knocked out by pretty much anyone. He has his chin is super questionable. He's gotten better with n- negating risk, but then we, you know, you look at the Naganu fight and dude was just throwing punches willy nilly and just got demolished. So you never really know what if it's a cool, calculated Alistair Overeem that's not going to rush things, is going to take his time, pick his shots. He's very dangerous. He potentially could be one of the best in the heavyweight division, but he's susceptible to taking one good shot and not being able to recover. Um, you know, there's you could make a long highlight video of all the times where Alistar gets rocked and he's not able to recover. He's just not a guy that takes a great shot um, to the head. Uh, but he's he's an extremely skilled and uh, competent striker. And, and overall, uh, MMA guy, you know, he's not a guy that gets uh, ground and pound too often, even though that's what happened in the Blaze fight, which was also his last fight, which was very scary. Uh, it was a very bad performance on his part that ended in a brutal knockout. Um, so how is he going to come back from that? Overeem has always been a guy to me that's been just, you know, uh, excretes confidence. So I, I think he'll be confident in this fight. I think it's a fight that he can very much win, but it, you never know with him. He can take one shot and this guy builds a name off, you know, one of the most accomplished fighters in the division. Stefan, what do you think, man? 
um, while Mark was breaking his down, he went with Overeem, right? Because he has to. Yeah, he has to. I yeah. have to. And I can't because <laughs> I don't even know who he is. Uh, as, while Mark was talking, I, I, I had this uh, highlight video of Mr. Sergei Pavlovich in the background. Um, oh, no. Pre- no, I'm, I'm really sure, scared. I'm pretty sure he knocks out the same fat Russian guy with a neck beard three different times. Like, I'm like, <laughs> why does he keep fighting this guy? Why does this guy keep getting on? Um, but this is, what, this is why I'm picking him. He's got a big overhand right, and that is exactly what's going to fell Alistair Overeem. I can see it right now. It is this big overhand right that's just going to come clobbering down, and then Overeem is going to say that Sergey tapped. Stefan, there's like I keep like all these names are so similar on his like share dog record that I'm, I'm trying to like it's possible. I looked at the same three times. It's possible. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but I watched his highlight video, and he has white shorts once, and now he has black shorts. He definitely knocked this guy out at least twice. Um, and he's wearing straight up Under Armour shorts you buy at Big Five. No official fight shorts. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take Sergey. Just cause I can't trust over. Yeah, I, I got I got this guy too, Stefan. I think I don't think they're sending over him to China because he's got a great giant amount of Chinese fans. Like I don't think that's a thing necessarily. I think he's being sent over there to get knocked out by this kid. I mean, it, it, it sucks for his health, but the sooner Overeem is back in Japan being Uber Reem, my fandom will appreciate that. Um, I need to see. I need to see Overeem in Japan or in Bellator on one of the Indian reservations. Because as you just said, I need to see him chock full of horse steroids. Um, at he's the point. underdog, by the way. I should have mentioned that, Mike. He's minus. He's plus one hundred five to the other guy's minus one twenty five. A small underdog, but you, an underdog nonetheless. You did not need to tell me that Overeem was going to be the underdog in this fight. His time is done. He's finished. He's washed. Can I, I mean, chime in as uh, this highlight video has just wrapped? Uh, Russian MMA judges do not seem to feel like stopping fights when there has been a number of unanswered ground and pound shots. Man, <laughs> this guy I'll, is I'll, tapping on the mat, and the referee's like, "Uh huh." <laughs> cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't blame you guys for your hesitancy, <laughs> but you can expect a cojones text message from Mark <laughs> if Elster wins. It's not cojones. It's Plums. Okay. Plums. Okay, anybody, that's right. It's plums. Oh. Does anybody know when this fucking card even happens? Like one. I don't have fight uh, pass. No, we'll probably know Thursday 6:30 morning. A.M. Six thirty a.m. Your time? Yeah. So you like go to the bar, have a couple drinks, don't drive home, and start watching the main card at three thirty. Man, that's Mike, still like an hour and a half. I, I was gonna call. My Mike, I, I'm not sure what you know. My life is like at this point, but it's much more likely for me to wake up way yeah. too early. Yeah. That, like that, that's you're gonna get the the text of plums at like nine a.m. Yeah, six hours after it's been over. Because I'm not gonna like, like this is where I'm at. I'm fully aware. I'm going to be awake by the time this main event happens. All right. Oh Jesus, maybe not. It was only four fight main card. Um. All right. Yeah, what type uh, of shit is this? A six thirty card. They'll make that <laughs> a four fight main event. But 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 goddamn ten o'clock ten p.m. card. No no no. That one. Let's let's fucking pack six Mike, fights on that. So Are the main kidding? event. The main event was at one a.m. your time, I believe, on Saturday. Do you know what time it was in fucking Buenos Aires? Three a.m. <laughs> That's how you build a star. What they have siestas. That's like dinner time for them. Um. All right, we're, we're going to pick old man fighting Chuck and Tito, which was $50 for the pay-per-view, and then it became $40, and then uh, if you buy it on Friday, if you're really going to buy this thing, um, which where none of us are, you guys should all be using the Fight app anyway. It's fucking great, but it's you can buy it on Fight TV, but if you buy it on Friday for Black Friday, it's 20 bucks. 
Who so. who else is fighting on this card? Um, fuck you, Mike. I gotta look this up now. Kendall Grove was fighting somebody, and there's <laughs> a couple other guys too. Tom Lawler's. Oh, was it? Wasn't it? Uh, Estro. Oh yeah, Efren Escudero is fighting. Yeah. Uh, Glyson Tebow. I'm pretty sure Tom Lawler's on the card, yep. which means people will not be drug tested. The um, only way, right, dude. Tom, Tom Lawler's in pro wrestling shape, man. Better be coming in with some shit. Tom Lawler wrestles like every week on MLW. You can watch it. They're, they stream their TV show on YouTube. I'm just putting that out there. I'm I mean, not sure he'll, why he's he'll fighting. Be good for a weigh-in and a walkout. Um, Stefan, make your pick. Tito's a minus two eighty favorite. Why do you want to ride with me on this? Out of curiosity, because I don't want to go down because of this fight. <laughs> Because I, because I don't think you're about to like my pick. Go ahead. Tito can't Whatever beat it Chuck. Is, we're riding with it. Tito can't beat Chuck. Yeah, that's... <laughs> We've seen this. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan. I didn't want to be on Team Tito anyway. Come on, let's go. Tito can't beat let's, Chuck. Let's wave that. I'm going to get my blue and fucking... Uh, my blue shorts out all right, with the fucking is, icicles on Chuck it. Chuck is hanging on the coast harassing young college girls as the old guy at the bar. And he still got that beer gut six pack, but he looks in solid shape. I saw him kick a bag. He can still reach the face. All I know is Chuck had such, he had Tito's numbers so bad. It just doesn't matter to me that Tito is slightly more active because I don't think he's any good. Slightly. <laughs> Look, if you want to call what Tito does active, fine. Go for it. I barely, he fought a Russian guy who threw a fight. And, oh, Shlomenko. Like, like, I mean, we can call that active if you want. I know you've become a fan of pro wrestling in these current days, so I get it. It's cool. It's a show. Yeah, but... Mike, we call that a work. All right. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Mark can make ground if he wants on the TV yeah. pick. Yeah. Just, go ahead, Mark. I've seen him fight. He can't beat Chuck. <laughs> I saw him fight twice. Tito won zero seconds of those fights. I got Chuck too. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, there was once a time where Vandalay had uh, Rampage's number, and then eventually Vandalay got old. Mike, uh, fuck your logic. Go ahead. You want to pick Tito? Go ahead. You can, you can, make, you can be in first know. place if Tito wins. Make I'm this the moment, Mike. Because you crazy picking Chuck. So you picking Tito? Yeah, I'm picking Tito. <laughs> My, yo, man, Stefan, Engano's going to win, and Tito's going to win, and you're going to be tied with Mike. And that's how Mike's going to make this happen. Mark, That's cool. Go I mean, ahead. If he gets Francis, he deserves it. Like I said, if everyone was going to take Blades, I would have I died on the Francis Hill. You know what? I, I'm picking the guy who, didn't, who I didn't see his big, giant fucking head behind Donald Trump at a rally. So I'm going with Chuck. Mark, who do you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got uh, Tito. Uh, it, it's just... He's been more active. It's been a long time since uh, Chuck. He doesn't. Ha he doesn't have a giant off button on his face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it, it's not even that. It's just I, I'm more concerned about how the preparation was. You know, I have to imagine that Chuck at this age, not training as hard as he has been for a while, probably. I I I kind of think he might have taken it easier on the training camp to make sure that he wouldn't get injured for this fight. Um, and and we've kind of seen Tito. He's been more active. I mean, he did after the chill fight. He kind of hung it up. This is him coming out of retirement, but that fight wasn't that long ago. So I think his motor's been running. It's been it's been tuned a little bit more frequently than Chuck. But I don't I don't think that Chuck doesn't stand a shot here. I mean, obviously, a lot of fighters say the last thing to go is your power. I think Chuck knows that he can still throw down and he could land a shot and win the fight. I think he still believes that. But you know, I'm just curious about how physically he's going to look out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he looked good because you know, even in his prime, he was always kind of 
flat footed and you know he was able just to time things right so if he still has that he could be something but yeah i mean he doesn't take a shot as good at, towards the end of his career so that's also another question but it's not like tito took shots great either so i think it's an interesting fight but we'll see i don't think tito ever got put to sleep no like they're sleep, all tkos sleep. from like tito's got a big fucking head man like, he's hard to knock out out but you know you can drop him and to the body too is another thing we've oh seen him drop man i'm not changing my pick because i'm not a coward like that but um i just saw an instagram post of uh mm-hmm. him kicking and that kick is bad. No, man, dude, step on. To be clear, what I can kick like that. To be clear, what team you and I are on right now? Jason Perillo was saying he thought Chuck was sandbagging the open workouts. So Chuck, Chuck that's said, what team we're on, man. His legs; those were warm up <laughs> oh. kicks. That's what Chuck you said. Know. Warm up kick. He said they're warm up kicks, and he also said, "Hey, you take that kick. You ain't gonna be smiling after that. Those are hard kicks." <laughs> uh, this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's more what I expect than anything. Is that like? No matter who wins this fight, the fans all lose. I just hope people got paid. Could we bet on what they say the announced pay-per-view buys are going to be? And by announced, I mean like the number that that they conflate the numbers to be. So well, I, don't know, think gonna, I, don't, I don't think they're going to. I don't. I don't think they're going to show off the number. I take secret like, option. I'm going to say I take secret option C. We never hear a number. Yeah, we're not picking anything. It's going to be whatever Meltzer comes up with and says that they sold fifty thousand pay per views or whatever. Okay, <laughs> this isn't a pick. Honestly, does anybody think this is going to break? Okay, does it break a hundred? Do you think it breaks a hundred? hundred is the max. It's, it's Thanksgiving week, so I don't know if that means anything. It's Saturday. You have a weird that- uncle over. We got to entertain him somehow. He remembers these old timers. Throw him on the TV. 20 bucks on Black Friday. Also, if you ordered this before you heard about the Black Friday deal, you'll be like, what the fuck? It's not like you I paid anything fi- early you paid for paying yeah. money up oh, man. early. It's like you got your fucking, this, you, you got yourself your flame shorts. You've been drinking Gordon Biersch this whole time. <laughs> you already ordered this fight, man. What are you talking about, Mark? You're ready. I wish man, those things were true. <laughs> Tito, we... Tito's got fans. We went to that fight with him and um, Liam McGeary. Nobody knew who the fuck Liam McGeary was. <laughs> like, Tito still, if people, Tito still got fans. Chuck still has fans. You think they break 100, Steph? I, I'm, I'm inclined to take the under because if it weren't for you guys talking to me, I don't know this fight is happening. Th- are they selling us? I don't I, have cable. I, I like, don't <laughs> know. I've not seen a promotion. I only know this fight is happening when it is because of you. I have not heard a single word of this from any outlet like i've not seen a commercial i've not seen a poster so like unless you're super diehard and we're among them and i don't want to pay for this like i'm a right. diehard who doesn't want to pay for this Me too so if you're a diehard who does want to pay for it you're an even smaller segment of a small segment so um i don't marcus to be clear you don't want to pay for this are you considering paying for floyd and this kid's shadow boxing for three rounds wait yes. I- i'm gonna assume be since we're picking it it's this weekend right Yes. Yeah, See, that's how we, we. That's how little we know this is. Mike, Mike's not even sure. What Mike, listen, Mike, you listen to ESPN Radio and shit. Has there been a fucking ad for this? Nah. Yeah. They mentioned the Nick Diaz thing. thing last week. They didn't mention this shit. You know how Dude, off I gotta, the radar this is? Shannon Sharp is not pretending to know something about this fight. That's how off the radar this shit is. Shannon Sharp somehow knows more about MMA than any of these other people on ESPN, and it's still not anything. Somewhere right now, Shannon Sharp is tripling down that Nate Diaz is too big for lightweight. Uh, I, 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 he kept arguing with people. It was great. I like that he dug in, man. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> um, all right. Um, that was it, right? We all made our picks here? Yep. I think all right. it's silly that anyone wanted to join me, but... 
I, I wanted to feel better good about this, man. I don't really like Tito. I don't <laughs> like Tito like a, either. I mean, Chuck's the guy who showed up hungover and possibly pilled out on a radio, on a morning show and passed out. But Bobby, when you don't like a guy, stick to your guns. I never, yeah. I don't like Mike Perry. And look what happens when I finally pick that asshole. You that guys didn't you, ruined. You guys didn't even know. Donald Cerrone angry is enough to win a fight sometimes. Um, no, Mark, just, uh, pick against I'm gonna, Let's do stuff we like. I'm going to go last because I got a big old rant and shit. Or rant, but I got a big old section to talk about. Mark, you go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to keep this short. Um, last week, we all talked about Stan Lee, which was appropriate. Uh, but I was going to talk about Tetris Effect, which I uh, played last week. And I was going to mention last week that I really like this game a lot. It's kind of making me think about getting a PSVR. This week I'm talking about, hey, I bought a PSVR because it was really cheap on Black Friday. Um, I've been thinking about getting a PSVR for a while. Um, it just had to hit a certain price point for me, and it kind of needed a certain level of software support and having a decent library. And I think um, all those things kind of got checked off uh, for me with this one bundle that's on a Black Friday special. It's $199. It comes with Moss and Res Rescue Bot, um, which are two... You know, unseeming names but they're actually if you go check their metacritic they actually are apparently two really good psvr games so you get that the headset and the camera and that's literally all i need because i already had a couple move controllers which you can also use for the psvr and there's a bunch of free um stuff that you can download on the store so i just got it yesterday so i haven't messed with it too much um but so far i've been really enjoying it i definitely felt queasy the first two times uh, actually the first three times i used it i think the first time within 10 minutes i was like okay i need a break I tried it again. It was about 10, 15 minutes, and I kind of needed a break. And then the third time was a little bit longer. And I think the last time I used it, I used it for like about 40 minutes, and I didn't feel sick at all. So I think um, it's pretty normal to get motion sickness. At least it was for me. Um, but I also know a lot of people say that you can kind of build a tolerance to it. You're, you're, literally, your mind and body get used to like, oh, I'm in VR. It's okay that I, I'm not feeling the sensations my eyes and other senses are telling me I should be feeling. Um, I'm not going to get nauseated. Um, so, yeah, I'm slowly getting to that point, and I've been enjoying the experience so far. So that's the thing I like this week. Mike? Uh, for me, there isn't much, but I started watching the chilling adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> it's the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good show. Um, I've had some coworkers recommend it. Uh, I don't know, the way one of them described it is like, oh my god, it's so scary. But I shouldn't have taken her advice on that shit because, I mean, it's a good show, but it's not creepy by any stretch of the imagination. I've heard the Satanism in it is so heavy that there is constant talks about it getting pulled from Netflix. Is that a, I mean, that a true thing or a fake thing? They talk about Satan a lot, but it's all right. Not I, like... I'm 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 kind of in now. If that's a thing, I'm <laughs> I was I didn't get the slightest shit until right now. But it oh, might sorry, be banned. Going. I'm it's my yeah. understanding that they outright directly say "Hail Satan" a number of times throughout the show. Yeah, but it's it's "Hail Satan," but it's not like satanic religion, like bullshit. Hail Satan, uh, if real that makes Satan, any sense. not that fake Satan. No, it's like TV Satan. You know, like <laughs> like South Park. Well, it's uh, like these people are evil, but they don't really seem that evil. And Sabrina's not like an evil character, but yeah, they worship the Dark Lord because they're witches and shit. So there's there's definitely a dark overtone in the show, and I think a lot of people are thrown off by it. Um, I really I, I like Mike. It didn't like get to me. I wasn't like creeped out. I just thought it was a really interesting play, and I just I thought the show overall was good. I really enjoyed it. I definitely recommend checking it out. But I can I can get how it could be a hard start for some people. 
and what they ultimately get might not be what they're anticipating and it might not be for them so but i thought it was really good Stefan, what do you got man um i don't know if mark might have talked about this on an episode i was not on um recently but i had another show that i binged through in two days and is genuinely creepy I will set it up. I tried to creep myself out intentionally. I would smoke a nice bowl. I would watch it in the AM hours on my iPad with headphones on to really uh, master that ambiance. But I will say without a doubt, one of the best single self-contained TV seasons I've ever seen in any show. And that is um, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, That show is fucking fantastic. Um, It is very genuinely creepy. I have no problem saying there was one moment that scared me so bad that uh, I yelled out loud as I threw my iPad like away from me because it, it, it startled me that bad. But um, just a fantastic uh, storyline. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's really an interplay on grief as a topic, but kind of in this horror world. And I friggin' loved it. Um, as someone who comes from a multi-sibling family, that has a very dysfunctional past. There were so many trigger moments in the show for me of things that felt familiar for bad reasons, unfortunately, but it was good to me because that's something that felt honest. That's something that felt real. And I just thought a lot of those interactions, they're frustrating from a third person view, but they're very real. If you're in it Um, from everyone I've talked to, I've had a few friends who've also all finished this show. Like the ending is imperfect. It's definitely imperfect. I think depending on your interpretation of the ending, it's, either mildly mildly frustrating to maybe a little bit grating, but um, it's always tough for things to be perfect from start to finish, but it was such a masterfully made show that it totally overrides my issues with the ending. You know, again, I, I love it. I really love the season. Um, my issues, they're more critiques, you know, you can have critiques of something you appreciate and like, um, but at the same time, see ways it could have been better. Um, but I don't. I feel like Mark might have brought this up in the past because he's been kind of waiting on me to get through the show myself. Kind of would chime in, you know. Whenever Mark kind of a couple times during a week asks me if I've started something, I know it's something that he really enjoyed and he really recommends it when he's kind of that gentle prodding, not trying to bugging me to give it a shot, but you know, he and, brings it up a couple times. It, and to he, be honest, Steph, each time I did that, I knew you hadn't watched it yet because I, I when I was watching the show, I knew when you watched this, you would text me because it's that good and you would be like, you holy cannot, shit, I watched a bunch of this. You can't like show. watch one or two. I watched one or two. I checked it out. No, you start rolling once you're on yeah, the Well, because me, me and Christine, yeah. I think we watched, I think, and I, you know, we even binged it and we usually don't binge shows. So I, I just knew that you would tell me like exactly that, like you binged a bunch of it. So when I was actually asking you, I was really just saying like, Hey, you should really watch this. You're really going to enjoy it a lot. Cause I, I know your taste and I knew it would be a show after rally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know horror is not for everyone, um, but Oh, it's a really good medium for the topic they covered. That's lump. She did not like it. She's very scared. Very nice. Um, House on haunted hill. You said, no, that's the bad movie, which it sounds like, but it's oh, the right. haunting of Hill House. It's just that's that, all right. That's really why that was the. I think Mark said the, yep. the same. That was one of the hardest sells on this show. First name. You hear the title, you what you your mind thinks like straight to video B horror movie. Hey man, yeah. I still haven't gotten you guys to watch Scrotal Recall. So hey, that's, that's, true. that's a good point. <laughs> they changed the damn name, and you're like, I don't care. It's been stained forever. It's like Seinfeld. The book's been tagged. I know, I, know, <laughs> I know too much. I've, you know, I've, I've seen behind the wizard's curtain. Um, all right. I got uh, my stuff we like. I got a, a lot of wrestling, some pro wrestling. 
First off, um, I'm not sure this might mean this might not mean anything to Mike, but David Arquette, when we were kids, won Ready the WCW. Cha- yeah, when WC David Arquette won the WCW championship when we were kids, and it's kind of pointed to as like the shittiest thing WCW possibly ever did, and the people like to blame that for why the organization went away. Um, I'm not sure you guys know David Arquette's been like he's training and has been taking indie matches at age like 40 whatever for the last six months and then he went out there and had a death match which i guess the best way of describing a death match marcus would just be like motherfuckers get hit with everything well yeah like there's death uh, in it i have to believe yeah. at some point that somebody's going to die or so he, t- he took a he took a light a big light tube over the head because that's a really good move to do in wrestling just because if it looks cool you know and then the guy was grinding him with it in the forehead and then the guy slipped and David Arquette got a light tube to the fucking neck and was bleeding all over the place. And then I just like reading this sentence in 2018. Uh, according to sources, the camera crew filming David's documentary filmed as he returned to the back and actor Luke Perry rushed in to take his fellow actor to the ER. That's what I like to read in 2018. That's Dylan's out there helping people, man. Documentary, man. Yeah. I gotta watch Dude. that shit now. Um, oh real God, talk. Man, uh, you thought you were about to tell me that David Arquette died. Yeah, like, no, no. David Arquette. Ate, last shard in the neck. You know, what, you know, David Arquette, he got a lot of shit when this out. When like, I mean, it's hard to put to talk about what happened 18 years ago and like, it really was a problem for wrestling fans for the longest time. But David Arquette is a wrestling fan, and he, like, really was sensitive to that, and he almost wants to give back, and that's why he's doing this. And then, like, there was so much negative attention to what happened with this death match he got in that he apologized to the wrestling community for why, like, for that getting a lot of negative mainstream publicity. So that's just, I mean, that was just an interesting thing. Um, another thing, you know I'm going to talk about wrestling when it's NXT TakeOver season. And... um this was maybe the best NXT takeover ever. Um, take, takeover being the uh, WWE or NXT, which is WWE's developmental brands, uh, big quarterly shows, and um, went out there and uh, shit, man. Uh, Alistar, Alistar Black, and uh, and um, Johnny Gargano had a goddamn incredible match. Uh, Velveteen Dream, and I can't, I've said this, I don't know, 50 times on this podcast. Velveteen Dream is going to be a superstar. And um, I. it's incredible that he's still not on the main roster. And Steph, you actually saw this match too. Him and Tommaso Ciampa. Woo! That was a, woo! I just loved it uh, from beginning really to end. I kind of said to you when I was talking earlier is, um, one of the issues is I, I remember Ciampa and Gargano. They were kind of on the come up as a tag team when I was still watching NXT, but I kind of fell off as they kind of move to solo things. But uh, in watching this event and seeing this, I was talking to you earlier, my issue with them was that they're ultimately cruiserweights. They're very small, and so it's hard for me to take them serious at a main event at this level because I know it's not going to amount to anything. But I walked away from watching this thinking, if you gave Ciampa, like, a faction, the dude would make, like, an awesome mastermind, like, leader to a faction that can, like, puff him up a little bit. Because on his own, he's always going to be a little diminutive. But, like, if you give him a faction, you can actually probably project him as, like, a serious threat. The dude is a really good heel. Like, he is... He, he doesn't give a shit to be liked. Like, I forget like, his name. There was a guy um, during... He, I think he's in New Japan. Um, is it... I think it... Is it Skrell or whatever? Peter... The villain? Oh, Marty Skrull? Marty Skrull, Marty Skrull the villain? Yeah. Like, I thought his look, his name is great. But then when I saw another pro wrestler stand next to him and I saw how small he was, I'm like, that's a problem. 
right there. But when I look yeah. at Champa, he looks like a super villain. And why do he does? Why do people like Roman Reigns? Is because he looks like a superhero. But Champa looks like a super villain. And I agree. Uh, Velveteen Dream is charismatic as hell, Mark. And I he we we finally remember him because we remember him as like this generic guy on the come up and then he finally found his thing i will say i'm not certain about his stardom because if you do a ceiling floor his floor is gold dust his his floor is a bad gay joke and you you know know, honestly at this point Vince McMahon is alive you know that's a possibility oh yeah you really do you know what it is when i say these guys are gonna be a star i'm kind of saying when vince goes away and somebody else takes over this shit um i but dream is he came out dressed as hollywood hulk hogan and He's not doing it to pay homage. Let's put it that way. Like, he's just a giant fucking troll. And it's incredible. Like, I was trying to hassle Mike into watching TakeOver. And I really can't emphasize enough, Mike, if you're going to start watching this shit, this is the one to watch. Um, Shayna Baszler went out there with Kyrie Sane, had a two of the three falls match. It was fine. But the rest of the night was so good, it was kind of hard for it to stick out. Um, Matt Riddle made a surprise appearance. Everybody loved him. And uh, people really came for war games, which essentially, in wrestling terms, a war games match is when you get uh, two, two. At this point, it was just two teams. You got two teams, a bunch of guys, two rings with one cage surrounding it, and the guys enter in every few minutes. Another guy enters, and then uh, once everybody's in, you just beat the fuck out of each other until there's a pinfall. And Ricochet, who, as I said on this podcast before, Ricochet can fly. Ricochet did a double moonsault off the top of a cage. And I don't know. That was even a thing. Like, I don't know. People could do that. Um, he did that shit. And I don't know how he didn't die. Um, he's, he could be Rey Mysterio real easy, real easy. And Pete Dunn, he had the same problem. All these guys do the pro wrestlers got way smaller. Stefan, it's become clear. Like Kenny Omega is like five, Nine five ten when well, he looks huge on TV, but like, like Pete Dunn should be a huge deal. Pete Dunn's like five seven. All these pro wrestlers are small now, um, but that's what makes those two fat Vikings look so good. Yeah, oh the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, God, they were great. And I'm all about the undisputed era. It was honestly, it was for pro wrestling nerds. There was three five star matches. That's what my takeaway was. And then finally, if you're not paying attention to Becky Lynch, don't worry. She'll be on everything soon enough. She's essentially Stone Cold Steve Austin and Conor McGregor put into one. And I'm not just saying that because she's Irish, the Conor part. It's her whole, like, super confidence about being the best. And she's as handsome as the both of them. She's honestly incredible. Um, And when she main events with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania... People are going to talk about how this is somehow like, yo, Ronda's the reason, you know, Ronda, like, you know, you got to ride the Ronda train, but Becky's the biggest star in the company right now for the actual fans. It's kind of incredible. She's the man, as they put it. Um, That was a big pro wrestling rant right there, but honestly, it's just fun right now, man. Wrestling's fun. And MMA is really not a lot of times, to be honest, and there's just too much of it. It is so fun. Mark convinced me to buy the video game with the season pass because we can't just have the base game. We got to get it all. Black Friday. PSN. Don't even need to switch the disc. Good down. Um, let's just, uh, before we call today, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Eat some turkey with the family. Um, just don't ever forget, though, because Black Friday's 
coming up. This is advice I got from Wu-Tang Financial, which is a good Twitter account to follow. 50% off of a depreciating asset is still not a good purchase. Think about it, folks. Don't just go buy some dumb shit. Except Red Dead. You should buy Red Dead. Like, you should definitely buy Red Dead, right? I mean, let's be honest. Um, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, as I mentioned, it's been seven years. We've been do we've been on the, we've been, it's been amazing. We've existed for seven years. We're at six and a half years with the podcast. Uh, crossed episode 300 a few months ago. Thanks for sticking around, guys. We appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week where we're going to try to get excited about a UFC card that is, I don't even know what's on it. Does anybody know? Mystery, mystery week next. Mystery week, week. you'll find out. He's cooking up for We're us. We're gonna pick fights based on red corner or blue corner. That's you know what? We we, we 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 got three fights to pick next week. Junior Dos Santos is fighting. No, Mystery uh, Vasa. It's all. It's all Mark mystery. Hunt is gonna wrestle some guy named Justin. I'm gonna wrestle. Gonna fight a guy named Justin Willis. And Tyson Pedro is a minus 430 favorite against Shogun. I think I might cry a little bit. Um. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As I mentioned, back next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't waste all your money on Black Friday. Get a 401k, man. Maybe, huh? Put some money away. I uh, say spend your money. The world is coming to an end soon. Don't save too much. Yeah, still, uh, Stefan, what do you say? It looks like Silent Hill outside. It looks it's like still, uh, si- we're from California. It looks like Silent Hill outside. I'll dude, it's still the San Francisco air raid sirens that fire a couple times a day. This still smells, folks. All right, guys. Uh, peace out. See ya. Watch it.